Today, the provincial government said it set the maximum allowable rent increase for 2024 at 3.5%, which is below the inflation rate. Uh, In a statement today, the BC government said that the rent cap is well below the 12-month average inflation rate of 5.6%, and it applies to rent increases uh, effective uh, January 1st of 2024, uh, that any landlord who wants to increase rent must provide three months' notice to tenants, and rent can only be increased once every 12 months. Now, before 2018, the annual allowable rent increase was based on the inflation rate, plus 2%. Uh, So that 2% uh, is now gone. And in this case, it's below the inflation rate. Uh, Joining me now to talk a little bit about these uh, yearly announcements and increases uh, is David Hutniak. He's the CEO of Landlord BC. David, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So uh, once again, uh, 3.5% uh, increase, uh, but the inflation rate was 5.6%. This is, of course, the first time, as I said, that this has happened. Give me a sense of what you, your uh, association and landlords, uh, think of this type of yearly announcement from government. Yeah, I mean, needless to say, it's it's problematic. Uh, you know, certainly, I, I guess uh, we're encouraged that... Uh, you know, the province did say that they, uh, the intention is to move to uh, CPI, the formula that's in the Residential Tenancy Act, going forward. But certainly, you know, in the context of the past, uh, well, six years now, if we include 2024, but, uh, you know, through 2022, uh, 2023, pardon me, you know, we we saw basically zero, zero, uh, 1.5, 2% and uh and uh, that was uh, uh, kind of the the extent of it. And so the you know the five year average uh, of the allowable rent increase from 2018 through 2022 was 2.52 uh, percent. And in that same period of time, we just did uh, you know a study on 38 uh, purpose built rental buildings, um, and these are um, basically. Built between 1965 and 19, uh, 1990, so it's kind of the, you know, the, the prime apartment buildings that uh, we see all over the place. Mm-hmm. And and the, during that same same period of time, uh, the, the expenses went up 38.2 percent. So you know, there's a pretty significant significant gap there. And, and, you know, we look at, uh, and, and for these properties, insurance went up during that five-year period, 158%. Water and sewer, 13.9%. Natural gas, 70%. Waste removal, 49%. Uh, repair and maintenance, 50%. I mean, you know, these, these are real numbers. And, and, and we're also in an environment, uh, Jazz, where, you know, because of such a shortage of supply, so many people moving here, they're primarily renters, so there's mm-hmm. no no rental housing. And so there's no turnover. There's no one leaving these units. So it's 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 just a, it's just a really challenging situation. And and while like I said, while you know, I we are extremely sensitive to the challenges renters are having. It is awful for renters right now. And and the the, the minister and, and the premier talk about balance. And, you know, that's that's a sentiment that we share, but uh, there needs to be balance. But the reality is, and, and I've you know, presented this to the government on numerous occasions, that, that uh, you know, they want to help renters, and they should. And they actually have done some really good things. But they can't keep 
trying to help renters on at the expense or or on the backs of landlords they keep harming us mm-hmm. and that's well, just not sustainable but what about those who do have an open uh, an available an apartment or a condo and they want to rent it out you know the average rents are three thousand dollars a month so you do get to reset once a tenant moves out i know you can't do it in the middle of it, except for that one increase, the government says this is your maximum once a year. This is what you can do, and I get that. But at the same time, we have to acknowledge uh, one bedroom apartments going for three thousand dollars a month is hardly, probably reflective, uh, and in many cases, very difficult on Vancouver salaries to pay. So, I mean, uh, what well, do you absolutely, do here? Uh, absolutely, I don't disagree with you at all. I'm, I'm, I, as I'm saying, we're very sensitive to the challenges renters are facing. Mm-hmm. The you know, but in terms of the broader market. Uh, the, 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 because there's no place for renters to go, like I said, turnover rate in Vancouver right now, I think the last stat we saw was 4%. A typical uh, turnover rate is like, you know, 15 to 25%. So there's just nothing becoming available. So these, those opportunities for the majority of the rental universe to uh, increase rents on turnover are, are far and few between. Mm-hmm. And and so that's, I guess, that's good for existing renters. It's, uh, it's certainly not good for new renters coming in because they have no place to, they can't find homes. And, and it has huge negative impacts in terms of the broader sector. The other thing is just r- real quickly, I mean, some of these numbers that are being published in the media are from, and, and, you know, we don't really have any you know, relationships with any of these marketing portals, but it, a lot of the numbers that they're, they're uh, quoting are, are for condos. Condos have always been, you know, 25 to 35 uh, percent higher in terms of rent than purpose-built rental buildings. So, mm-hmm. so there's some skewing of the numbers. And when we look at in-place rents right now, you know, a one-bedroom in Vancouver mm-hmm. is about $1,400 a month. A one-bedroom apartment is 1400 a month. Absolutely. In terms of in-place rent, we're, we're basically we're seeing literally zero turnover. That's what a lot of people are paying for a one-bedroom right now, if not less. Um, do you, a lot of folks have said, look, these folk, with these places that are available for rent, uh, in many cases, are local investors who rent, you know, who put some money together, buy a condominium and rent it out and they pay their mortgage with the, with the condo, uh, with the rent every month. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think this is going to uh, take away that local investor who is willing to buy a condominium and rent it out and make it part of the rental pool? Do you think you, more and more investors say, wait a minute, the numbers don't work anymore, that I'm just not going to be in that, in, in that type of investment anymore? Well, I could totally understand them taking that attitude. I mean, they can put their money into a GIC and get 6% for five years. So no risk, no liability. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, you know, I, I think more and more of those folks are, are weighing that. And and uh, so, you know, it's unfortunate, but, you know, this is, this is the reality. Um, you know, certainly we are, you know, historically, and I, I know you and I've talked before, you, you know how dependent upon the secondary market we are in British Columbia, and that's not just Vancouver, that's all over the place. And so, so you know, we need, we need that second, uh, secondary market to be healthy. We need uh, these, uh, these investors who are, you know, buying these units and placing them in the rental pool. We, we need them to continue doing that because we're not building uh, enough purpose-built rental anywhere, anywhere near what we need. So, so it's, you know, it's a hugely challenging situation. You know, I'm, I'm not unsympathetic to the provincial government and the challenges they face. This is a problem that's been brewing for 30-plus years. 
And, but now, you know, it, it's just reached uh, a point here where we need really, uh, you know, sort of bold measures. And, and, and part of that, a significant part of that bold measure is to ensure that, you know, landlords aren't forgotten in this, in this whole conversation that, you know, they, they want us to do deep energy retrofits and electrify, do electrification on, on all these old buildings. Well, that costs. Those are complex uh, investments and and very very expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, we need incentives and support around there. And there's a whole lot of things they can do that would, you know, not uh, result in additional costs for renters. But basically, you know, we need to start looking at a broader tax base to support this sector, which is hugely important, not just for housing, but for the entire economy. I mean, our economic growth. Is, is going to be stunted by the fact that we can't provide housing for people yeah. coming here. David, uh, lots to talk about. Hope to have you on, on the show again. Thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, thanks, Jess.